So thinking right now about what you can do in this moment to further yourself. Better health is in the next five minutes. Better health is in your next meal. Better health is in your next movement session. I feel like presence is crucial in, in, in our journey and okay, this moment, what can I do in this moment instead of trying to worry about too much in the future. What's up everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously. And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. And hey, I might even read your review on a future episode. Here's another five-star review from Sam Kern, who says, these are the conversations that the world needs and Patrick is the perfect host to lead them. Can't wait for future episodes. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. With over 20 years of experience as a personal trainer, online coach, youth fitness specialist, author, and presenter, Mike Howard has orchestrated meaningful, individualized solutions to thousands of clients around the world. He's also gained international attention for his philosophies on body composition, youth fitness, and matters relating to fitness and nutrition education. He's the author of two books, including the recently published Lean Minded, 50 Days to Mind and Body Transformation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mike Howard. Mike Howard, welcome to being. How are you doing, brother? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on, Patrick. Awesome. So um, Mike and I were connected through a mutual friend, Cameron Hughes, who actually was on episode six of the Being podcast. Super fan, Cameron Hughes. If you don't know who he is, go check out that episode. Fantastic guy. Uh, and he connected us after our interview. And um, Mike was gracious enough to send me his book, Lean Minded, 50 Days to Mind and Body Transformation, which is absolutely jam-packed with wisdom and great tips and tools and techniques, which we are going to dive into uh, shortly. But I thought the best way to start, because I don't know much about you, and so I'd love to introduce um, you to the audience and learn more about you. So uh, how did you get to where you are? Because you're a personal trainer, you're a, a life coach, you're um, you know, a fat loss coach. How did you get to this place? Like, Give us the, the short version of your trajectory. Yeah, okay, so I'll make this as short as possible because it has been a pretty circuitous route uh, that dates back 20 plus years. So, uh, yeah, no, I've always had a love for fitness, health, that sort of thing, and um, worked in various places and gyms and in and, and different um, different types of environments. And and, and I, it just everything's just sort of evolved into, you know, I started working with young people and then I started diving headlong into the mindset and, and habit aspect of change. Um, so 
basically going from a lot of the physical X's and O's stuff to really taking a deep dive into the human psychology and, and neurobiology of things, I started kind of geeking out on that. And then, you know, so to this day, I, I, I love the one-to-one training. I still have a brick and mortar business of personal training, but I've branched more into, you know, the online space now um, and, and just more, more coaching people, coaching change. Um, and, and less of the hands-on, but um, I still have a very, very much a passion for for that part of of, of just seeing people, right? And, and you know, COVID's changed a lot of different things and a lot of dynamics of what I do. But uh, yeah, still in the space. But uh, yeah, I've been through a lot of ups and downs over the past twenty years. But you know, I love it, and I I'm, I want to continue to do this and continue to pursue this because I do feel like it's a calling. So yeah, and then just branching into more things like writing. I've I've I found myself doing more writing in the past few years. So yeah, I just released a book in November and hoping to release one within the next six months again. So yeah, that's, that's a bit about me. Amazing. Amazing, dude. So I just wanted to ask you about a little bit more about your personal story. So was there like uh, an incident or like a rock bottom or a dark night of the soul that really uh, catalyzed you into taking action in your own life, like as a transformation to get healthy? Was there that moment for you? Yeah. So I would say, you know, I would say a few moments, um, as I said, uh, alluded to, there were some ups and downs and, you know, my route wasn't a linear one. And yeah, no, I, you know, I found myself sort of a single dad and, you know, just kind of struggling to make ends meet for a long time. And, um, you know, I was working as a, as a courier to, to help pay the bills. And there were times where I was like, you know, I probably have to give this up and give up this dream of, of continuing my, my calling as, as, you know, as a personal trainer or health fitness coach. And yeah, no, I just, I got into my own rut. I got into my, you know, and just, just habits that were not reflective of a, of a health what a health professional looks like and, you know, battled crippling insecurity and just self-doubt, all of it. Um, and then it was when I started reading into them, the mindset aspect of things. And, you know, my aim in that was to be able to help other people as best I could, but it was basically putting up a full length mirror myself and saying, yeah, you know what, you're, ne- you're not acting the part. And, 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 you know, just, it, it, I, I needed that kick in the pants, I guess, as it were. And just, you know, so there were moments like that, that, that just kind of sparked me to action and just that, that self-reflection of saying, yeah, you know what, um, you need to do better for yourself so that you can do better for other people. So you can do better for your kids. So you can, you know, just, uh, yeah, I, I, I just felt like there were, there were some doubt, you know, some, some dark times in my life that I just, you know, I, I, I really needed to figure that out for myself so that I could advise people that may be going through something similar um, and, and not try to be this perfect health professional all the time and, 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 you know, embracing things like self-acceptance and embracing things like self-compassion, but also embracing accountability and, and yeah, just in, you know, I'm still a, a, a work in progress. Absolutely. I'm still working on myself and, and hope to never cease working on myself. And, and yeah, I, I just yeah, want to be that better human, I guess, and leave the world a little bit better than, than it, than it was when I was here. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal, I guess, with anything. Mm, love it, man. So yeah, I've only been in the coaching uh, sphere for a couple of years. And I think especially in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of people entering that arena, because there is a low bar of entry, right? And so it coaching uh, on, on, in all modalities has sort of gotten a bad name, because there are a lot of, you know, uh, inauthentic charlatan type of people in the sphere. But when I meet people like you who are really walking the walk, doing the work, looking in the mirror, those, you are the real powerful coaches, right? Showing vulnerability, showing, um, you know, the authenticity, showing the willingness to continue to learn and know when you're wrong or, you know, and, and being willing to admit when you're wrong. I think that's, that's what makes a really powerful coach. Somebody that can show up and hold space for other people, but also be vulnerable at the same time. You know, that's so, so important. So I love the work you're doing, man. I've read your book. It's fantastic. So, so many things came up for me when I was reading it. Um, and so many similarities, you know, between uh, the way I sort of engage clients and the way you do, but s- with some different language. So I'd love to unpack some of your perspective on some of it. Um, 
at the very beginning of your book, Lean Minded, it says, what a time to be alive. We are all here on this planet trying to navigate a crap storm of unfavorable evolutionary wiring in a modern environment of overabundance. I love that mm. phrase, but I'd love <laughs> to hear more about what that means for you. Yeah, for sure. And interestingly enough, that was pre-COVID. So there's even more of a crap storm of things going on right now, right? So um, our environment is just completely like, yeah, it's it's a it's a really strange time, even stranger time than it was like seven months ago, I think, when I released that book. Or maybe it's even longer. Oh my gosh, it's actually almost like 10 months. So yeah, time is flying by. <laughs> but um, yeah, so for that, it's just, I, I think I wanted to encapsulate the, the problem. I think that... Almost all of us face really is that we have this ancient brain wiring. Our, our brain was put in place uh, eons ago when, you know, the best way to save was to consume, right? So we had in a brain that was built, our hardware, as it were, is, is it, it's instinctive. It's based on survival. It's based on on mating. It's based on just everything that is going to help us get to that next day. And so we still have, although there's software that's being put onto the hardware and we've developed more of our prefrontal cortexes, we still have a lot of these um, intuitions that are coming from the, the ancient limbic system of our brain. So we, we still have that but we've been plunked down into this modern era, this modern world of abundance, an environment that we basically, you know, in our first world have have access to hyper palatable, delicious food right at our fingertips. Um, and we have all these technological advancements that are basically just keeping us on our butts. So we have those two competing entities. And, and that's what makes this whole journey so darn difficult in so many ways is that we're fighting uh you know unfavorable biology and environment against what is really human frailty mm. totally man uh, and what came up for me when you just said that is ego is a big part of that programming for an evolutionary biology programming um but also the survival instinct, which is the ego is basically responsible for. It's there to keep us safe, right? It's also to give us an individuated sense of consciousness, but ultimately mm. its its primary goal is to keep us safe, right? So it's always mm -hmm. looking out for danger and threats, right? Yeah. And in the past, it used to be a lion. You know, if there's yeah, a lion in the absolutely. savanna, you get eaten. So that's yeah. that's a good that's a good defense mechanism. But now mm -hmm. the lions are all inside of our heads, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All the mm -hmm. threats are coming from internally. And so I love how the first 29 days of your 50 day program is all about mindset. I love mm. that. You know, how many <laughs> health and fitness coaches or, or even life coaches talk about mindset with that much, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's so, so important. So I, I love mm -hmm. that. And it's crucial in creating any sort of transformation in your life, be it from, you know, mm. uh, addiction recovery or losing weight mm. or overcoming trauma, whatever it might be. And then one of the quotes you say is better health comes down to alignment of heart, mind and environment. So what exactly does that mean for you? Right. And I feel like there, that has to all be in, in, in something harmonious. And, you know, it's not to say that it's going to be perfect or it's going to be linear, but A, I mean, you have to have that desire, that deep why of, of change. So you have to have something within you that does want this, that, that it is part of your values to be healthy. Because if it isn't part of your values, if it's just an abstract idea, it's 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 never really going to happen. And I've learned that from experience, both vicariously and personal experience, is that it does have to be part of your core desires to to want to change and to want to progress and to want to you know align with with who you are and who you want to be in terms of somebody that's healthy. So we're aligning that with with both of our mindset, but also with our environment. So we we have to take. Uh, agency in in all of those realms to be able to to align all those and and bring them into this harmonious um, harmonious thing where we're able to sort of step out of our comfort zone, step into the unknown, uh, and just kind of erase a lot of our our fears, our preconceived ideas of what what we we may have thought was true because a lot of our you know, our reality is perception. And, you know, we, we have to start chipping away at those perceptions and those dysfunctional mindsets to to bring ourselves to that place where we can improve. Mm, 
yes, totally, man. Uh, it's amazing how much overlap there is actually between your sort of coaching modality and mine. Like I primarily work with co uh, clients around uh, addiction, but also nurturing uh, creativity and sovereignty and agency. And in your book, you talk a lot about uh, like removing blocks and mental programming and mindset. And it's like, it's, it's amazing. And relapse is another thing that I want to ask you about. But first, you mentioned willpower. And that's a big one that comes, for, comes up for me, especially with the alcohol clients I work with. Because uh, definitely in my journey, you know, when I was trying to um, overcome my own alcohol dependency, I would take, you know, 30 days off, 60 days, 90 days. I could do that stretch of time with willpower. It's like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm determined. But like you said, um, it, it comes down to forming the identity of who you want to be. Because if you're just taking action for the sake of action, it's like, oh, well, I don't really know who I'm becoming. And so you have to do that inner work. Right. And so willpower is great for short term, but willpower is like a muscle. It erodes over time. So it's not enough. We need to mm -hmm. do that internal work to over to um, uncover like what are the unconscious mental, cultural, social programs that are running in the mm. background, you know, that are, are influencing our choices and behavior. What are the emotional wounds or the trauma mm. that's influencing your behavior? Right. And so when you said you have to connect to a why, that's absolutely true. But what I've found with mm -hmm. some clients and some people is that they don't know who they are. You know, they don't mm -hmm. have a sense of identity because really, you know, we're playing these roles in society where we're wearing masks and, and uh, with different people. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like, what, that's kind of what happens in a midlife crisis. You get to this point, it's like, wait a minute, none of these are me. Then who the hell mm -hmm. am I? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so tuning into that identity. And so I wanted to ask you, like, how do you work with your clients to develop the identity, to develop the values of the person that wants to be healthy? Because the, the other thing that comes up is a lot of people don't feel they're worthy of happiness mm -hmm. or health or success. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, right. so even if they're taking the steps to do weight loss or personal training, they don't get the results because they don't believe it on the inside. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage mm -hmm. that with your clients? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And uh, everything you said was, uh, yeah, bang on. I, you know, I, when I'm, when I'm looking at, and that's part of what I do with the goal setting is we do take a look at, okay, well, why do you want to accomplish this? Because, uh, yeah, you're mm. right. A lot of the time people are, okay, we don't know who I am and I don't want to. And, and, you know, that that's definitely for them to figure out. I'm just, I feel like my role as a coach is to just give you some, some templates, give you some ideas. And, and, you know, from there, I have my client just kind of run with that, give that some thought, just come up with something, um, you know, somewhat, tangible that that is going to align with with something that is important to them and i think we make a lot of assumptions sometimes that oh people just should want to be healthy because and mm. and that's not necessarily the case but sometimes you know for me mm. okay i have a couple of kids i want to be able to be there for them i want to be able to hang out with my grandkids you know i i live in a beautiful place where there's a lot of great hiking so my part of my why is to be able to 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 go on these hikes until I'm well advanced age, but somebody else's why might be completely <laughs> different. And they may, they have no idea and they may have no idea. I'm like, okay. But it, I think what we're trying to do is get that thought process going, get those mechanics going, get those gears going and try to get people to think deeply about that. Cause at least if they start to think deeply about that, then that's, that's a step in the right direction. And, and you're right. Sometimes they don't know, but um, I think if you give them that framework and just, having them ask their own questions about it and they don't necessarily need to have this well ironed out polished why of why they do things but it does help them to, mm. to to think about what's deeply important to them and you know you can almost connect health to everybody's no matter what is important to them there is always some sort of connection to health i feel anyway because it spills into so many other aspects of life Oh my God. A hundred percent. Your physical health affects you. It's like a, a revolving door with your psyche. Like if you're mm. feeling bad, mm -hmm. your mood deteriorates and vice versa. If you're feeling, Absolutely. if your mood is poor, your body feels bad. Right. So it's a, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a connection, the mind body connection. And that's so important to cultivate both of them, not just one or the other. Um, mm -hmm. you talk about in your book, the inside out modality, which I absolutely mm -hmm. love as well. And this for me is, is, is primary to personal transformation is doing the inner work. And so we mm -hmm. can show up, um, 
in the outer world in our relationships and our family. But uh, one of the most beautiful things about that is that it spills out. Like uh, that's the sort of micro model. If you, mm-hmm. if you do the inner work, you, you know, you become this, this person, but it's also true for me of society. And this is why this work is so powerful for me. It's got this macro mm-hmm. element. It's like, okay, how do we change the world? It's from the inside mm. out as well, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so it starts on the individual level, but then we start connecting with tribe and community, like uh, like-minded people. And then all of a sudden we're creating a, a community that is healthy in their own right, but then the entire community is healthy. And that's how we change the world from the inside out on a larger scale. And that's an idea that's super exciting for me. So, you know, kudos to you and all the other coaches that are doing this powerful work and the people you know, ourselves included that continue to show up vulnerably and look at their own shit to heal our wounds, to take control of our health, our physical and mental health. Like this is powerful work and so, so needed right now in the world. I think it's like, it's of utmost importance. So kudos to you and all the people you're working with, all the people listening that are doing the work to heal themselves. This is how we change the world from the inside out. So Mm. yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So I want to come back to uh, relapse because that's something obviously Mm -hmm. that comes up with me with my, my, um, um, addiction clients. Uh, mm-hmm. But you talk about relapse strategy for um, dieting, right? Or fat, fat mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through that? Yeah. I, I wrote some notes, self-forgiveness, self-reflection, and back at it immediately, right? Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think so much of this comes back to that self-forgiveness, self-reflection, because I feel like a lot of where people go wrong is, is the just the, you know, beating up of the side, you know, you're just, just being hard, way too hard on yourself. Um, and, and I feel that it all starts with that self-compassion and, you know, there's, there's mountains of literature too, that suggests that being self-compassionate is way better for, uh, getting back on track than it is than being like self-deprecating or self-defeating or, Hey, I'll never do this. So it all comes back to that. So I think my, my favorite, um, way to look at that is how would you advise a friend? Because we tend to be softer on our on our friends than we do on ourselves. Mm. So, you know, if your friend says, oh, man, I've gone off the wagon, are you going to be like, oh, you idiot, you know, like get back on there. Like, you know, you would never say that to you. At least you wouldn't have many friends if you did. Right. But, um, you know, that, yeah. that and yet we, we give ourselves permission to sort of beat ourselves up. So I think if you're p- coming from a place of self-forgiveness and again, as long as there is that self-reflection, which is the uh, same side of that that coin, right, is is saying, mm. okay, you know what? I messed up. It's not the end of the world. I'm going to move forward, but learn from it. Okay. How did this happen? Why did this happen? What, what came up beforehand? What was the emotional trigger that, that led you to that path? You know, what, what, what was going through, you know, so if we, we do that work and the self-reflection, it, that's important too, because then our, our lapses become less and less frequent. Uh, they become less and less powerful and they have less of a stranglehold on us. Mm. Um, and so that last part is just get, getting back on it right away. Like don't dwell on it. Don't ruminate. Don't, you know, you don't have to do too much of an archeological dig through it. Just, you know, mm. take that first step back, take that first step back and then you're going to fall again and then take another step. And I think yeah. one of the biggest, um, factors of, of long-term success is being able to manage those dips when you do fall off, because that can, we all know mm. that, you know, a, a bad day of eating or whatever it is, um, can turn into a, a bad week, which can turn into a bad month. Right. So it's that mm. resisting that urge to say, screw it. I've had a bad week. I'm just going to kind of go full bore until the end of it. Or, you know, it's a bad time right now, but if we we get ourselves into that mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to stop it in its tracks and, you know, not give that any more, uh, power over me. And we're just going to, we're just going to take that first step back and, and, and just keep Mm. taking that step. And yeah, so I feel like that, that, that relapse planning is, is crucial because your progress is never going to be linear. It's never going to go like that. It's going to be up and down. And, and if we manage those dips, we manage those down downturns, those off the wagon times properly, then our progress is going to continue. Hmm. Beautiful. Yes. You, you will have dips. I think that's so important to remember, but ultimately it's the, the trajectory 
in general will be moving upward, right? And that's the mm-hmm, goal. Mm-hmm. So managing the dips, I love that. Um, you talked you talked about um, self reflection or self awareness is is the way I sort of reference mm-hmm. it uh, mm-hmm. as related to self love. Absolutely, self love is of paramount importance. And you're right. Mm-hmm. The way we speak to each other or to ourselves, I should say, is just awful compared to you know the mm-hmm. way we would treat our loved ones right so mm-hmm. why don't mm-hmm. we treat ourselves with the same amount of love you know and i found mm-hmm. you know even with cultivating self-awareness um you know the deeper i cultivate my self-awareness the deeper the layers of my mm-hmm. lack of self-love or my negative self-talk is like holy mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. i'm an asshole to myself you know? <laughs> a lot of the time yeah oh <laughs> right? for sure yeah and so yeah Oh my God, it's awful. It's awful. But uh, like you said, it's, it's how quickly you can recognize it. And this is why, you know, for me, practices like uh, meditation or journaling or anything that gives you some sorts, some mindfulness, uh, which you talk about in your book a lot as well. Anything that cultivates mindfulness will shorten the gap between um, when you recognize a stimulus, a negative thought or a negative self-talk, and when you react to it, you know, you can, you can open that gap. Right. Rather than it being just one uh, negative self-talk and response or negative thought and response, which is what the conditioning at unconsciousness is, you open that gap and now you have a conscious choice like, oh, my God, there's that thought again, you know, and it keeps coming back. But now I see it. Now I see it and I have a choice not to react to it. Right. And yes, so that's 100%. that's where so much power in this is about cultivating mm. that self-awareness. So you're not yeah. reacting to those negative thoughts. Right. Oh yeah, hundred uh, yeah, percent. Beautiful. Like, yeah, was, yeah. I was like, no. And just to quote Mark Manson, right? He talks about the self awareness onion. And you talked about the layers. He's like, and he's that's hey, right. Uh, I, I hope I don't uh, massacre the quote too badly. But he said, yeah, it's, it's like a self awareness onion. But the deeper you peel, the more you're going to start crying at inappropriate times, right? But you have to, but you have to start, <laughs> but you have to keep peeling away at that 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 self awareness totally. onion, right? So yeah, no, yeah. that's it. Just made me think of that. But like, yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. I love Mark Manson. I've read all his books and I, I remember that quote and it's, it's totally true. And it, it never ends. The end, the onion never ends. Like I was just speaking to another colleague the other day. It's like, who's a coach, you know, but still mm-hmm. is peeling back the layers. Like how, how deep does this go? It never ends. And so it's, it's more about, um, it coming to, um, coming to terms with the uncertainty and the discomfort and the fact that it will never end. You're constantly growing. And that's the beautiful thing of it. It's like the, you're oh, always sure. getting better, but you always have yeah. to be doing the work as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, for sure. And I think eventually you do realize, re- learn to sort of detect the, um, you know, emotions from the emotional sensations, right? Emotions are real. Right. They should be dealt with. And that's different from an emotional sensation, which is just basically uh, just a, a, a transient sort of, and not, nothing that we should give too much credence to, but we tend to sort of um, ruminate on them a little bit too much. And that's from uh, uh, Dr. Schwartz. So he 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 made yeah mm. he, he wrote lots of books on that and just reframing and things like that. But uh, yeah, I just thought yeah. Can that. you unpack that a little bit for us, like? What's the difference between emotions and emotional sensations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is Jeffrey Schwartz I'm quoting. Um, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure. But anyway, he's a, he's a psychiatrist um, and he works a lot with, uh, I think it's stroke rehab. So he was uh, one of the pioneers in, in this whole idea that we can, this whole idea of neuroplasticity where we can change the wiring of our mm. brain. Um, so he states that and emotions are real. Like, and we, we, we are serving ourselves better by by paying credence and 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 giving those emotions their their due and and unpacking those so those could i mean and those are very real like sadness or or loneliness or what have you whereas whereas emotional sensations are more fleeting these are just those momentary things where it's like okay i'm i'm bored or you know and you know, the response mm. tends to be something like, you know, eating, it might be eating for some people, it might be drinking for other people, it might be mindless mm. scrolling for other people, or it might be shopping, whatever it is you're using to, to, to medicate on that. But um, yeah, but he suggests that we, we sort of, we, we not give those the attention that they deserve, right? We, we find distractions mm. for those, whereas we, we, unpack things that are based in real emotions whether you're getting you know whether you need therapy for that or you just need to sort of sit with it or Mm. or meditate on it but um emotional sensations are something that are just fleeting so there's something you can tend to wait out so i talk about in the book like sort of a 10 or 15 minute rule okay you know if you if you're 
mm. if your instinct is to go find something salty or sweet, you know, to give it 15 minutes. Maybe it's just, you know, something transient. Maybe you're just bored. Maybe you're just temporarily, you know, feeling something negative or something was triggering today. Somebody spoke to you in a negative way and you're, you're trying to cope with it. But, you know, just it, it, those are the, tend to be the ones that you can just wait out. And, you know, 15 minutes later, hey, if you want that, whatever it is you're craving, go for it and, and eat and enjoy it mindfully. But, you know, that that will probably pass in 15 minutes, right? Mm. Whereas the, mm. the true emotions are more deep seated. Those are ones that we, we may take a little bit longer and, and, you know, do our due diligence to, to help navigate. Mm. That was awesome. Thank you for um, giving us some clarity about that. And what came up for me was kind of different languaging, but the same idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can you can reflect if if this resonates for you. But um, the emotional sensations could be like the ego. You know, you're, it's mm-hmm. like that that Absolutely. dramatic, you know, mind centered ego that just wants you know um, satisfaction, gratification now versus Mm -hmm. the deeper emotions, which are your sort of uh, intuition or your soul wisdom, you know, because that's for me what emotions are. They're like, there are our our inner wisdom that are there to provide us with guidance. Like there are Mm -hmm. emotional guidance system, right? Mm -hmm. And so we should be listening to our emotions, but the emotional sensations are just the fleeting thoughts of the ego. It's like, oh, you're bored. You deserve this or drink that drink or, you know, eat that ice cream or whatever it is, right? So that's another way to frame it that, and I didn't, I, I didn't really understand that when I read it in your book and now I've got, Oh, okay. I get it. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of what, how I would frame it. <laughs> yeah. And you articulated it way better than I did. So that's good. Thank you for that. Cause it's good. It's just sort of piggybacks. I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I like how you put it. Yeah, no, totally. And this is why it's so beautiful to, to speak with like people like yourself, other coaches and stuff, because we're doing a lot of similar work, but we use different modalities. We diff- use different mm-hmm. language, different approaches, different perspectives. And to, to, mm-hmm. to really feel it and see it from different perspectives deepens my understanding, mm-hmm. which and then mm-hmm. adds more value to the work I'm doing with my clients. So this is beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of the, a lot of the things that you, you use in your practice with, you know, m- more of the modalities around fat loss and personal training are very similar to the modalities I use, right. For, for personal transformation and addiction. So it, it's amazing how much overlap there is. Um, you wrote about the four P's, which I really yes. thought was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to hear about the four P's. What are Yeah, they? yeah, absolutely. So, um, Essentially, I think this entire journey and the success of this journey and the sustainability of this journey comes down to basically four words that happen to start with the letter P. Um, So number (laughs) one is having patience. And I think as a society, you know, we're we're an instant mentality society, like we're we're used to getting things Mm -hmm. right now. And and I think. And you combine that with dubious marketing and the, you know, lose two pounds a day or whatever it is on the, the magazine cover mm. or your bookshelves or, or whatever's on online in terms of the programs, we, we've been thrust into this uh, false reality that, you know, things should happen instantly. So the first P is patience, like having patience for this process, knowing that it's going to have its ups and downs. It's going to take longer than you think it is um, because that's just the way it works. Um, th- so the next P would be persistence. Um, so just really, um, really being doggedly persistent with your goal and just, you know, resilient and whatever, whatever you need to, to get back on that horse, preferably speaking, um, and just, just being an absolute, um, the best promoter of your own health you possibly can be. And, and just, just being yeah, just just absolutely um, vigilant with with your own health. Um, mm. The next one would be practice. So you know, we everything we do is going to take some form of practice. So a lot of uh, you know, my realm is fat loss and in better health. So a lot of the the practice involves skill based practice. So it might be cooking healthy meals. It might be uh, engaging in different forms of exercise or strength training. Um, it might be arranging your home in such a way. It might be the skill of it or grocery shopping. So whatever you're practicing to better your health or take yourself forward is, is of utmost importance. And then the last one, I think it is, uh, presence. So being present is absolutely huge, um, because we tend to just get lost in our day-to-day thoughts or day-to-day, uh, grinds and, 
you know, we, we lack a lot of what I would call presence or present moment. What can I do right now to advance my health? Because mm. better health is in the next five minutes. Better health is in your next meal. Better health is in your mm. next movement session. Um, you're, so thinking right now about what you can do in this moment to further yourself. And, you know, instead of thinking about the limitations, oh, I'm working all day. Okay, well, take five minutes and do a mindfulness session. Take five minutes and do a mobility circuit. Take five minutes and cut up a pepper. Take five minutes and just do, um, and just plan out your next meal. You know, so um, I feel like presence is 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 crucial in 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 our journey, and you know, it gets lost. And mm. I got this, you know, squirrel. ADHD brain where I'm always thinking about a million things, but I'm learning to be more, okay, this moment, what can I do in this moment instead of trying to worry about too much in the future and, and, you know, um, getting too caught up in what's happened in the past, obviously. So, yeah, so those are the four P's. So presence, persistence, patience, practice. Um, yeah, so those are, those are the keys. So I think there's something that I always fall back on. It's, it's those principles. Amazing. Yeah, love that. Yeah, those are those are really powerful principles to and there's more alliteration, more P's, powerful yeah, principles. Exactly. There's a fifth P. There you go. That's my next book. There you go. <laughs> From Patrick. That's my sixth P, Patrick. Yeah. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Awesome. Read the book on who's Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, are you feeling lost? Frustrated? Angry about the state of the world, but unsure what to do about it? I get it, the world is a pretty messed up place right now. Yet in these interesting times of shattered realities, many people are using alcohol to escape and numb their feelings of anxiety, dread, and uncertainty. I know, I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls in mastering their inner world and finding a deeper sense of purpose. To that end, I created Reset 2020. Reset is a personal transformation mastermind group with the intention of resetting your relationship with alcohol and becoming the best version of yourself in an empowering, supportive online community. To check out more about Reset 2020 and to watch my masterclass video, head on over to go.patrickcooklife.com. Remember, cook is spelled with an E, C-O-O-K-E. So it's go.patrickcooklife.com. All right, now back to the show. So I also read on your website that you don't advocate for a specific diet. And I thought that was really interesting because you, a lot of these, you know, programs you see online or on TV or wherever they have these, you know, the Atkins or whatever it might be. Mm. So how do you determine what is the best diet for a specific person in their body? Yeah, I love that question. And so, yeah, I, I, I take a very agnostic approach to, to diet. Um, I've always been more of sort of a, a flexible, do what works for you kind of, uh, an advocate. So yeah. finding something there's going, not going to be one best diet for everybody. And so people have mm -hmm. to find what works best for their own personal taste, their own circumstance, their own, you know, cooking ability, their, their family situation, their work situation. You all have to, you have to fit all of those factors in because I find with, with the diet industry in general, it's basically they're trying to pound the square pegs of dietary rigidity into the vacillating shapes of, of real life um, is, is usually how I put that. So, uh, you know, there, there's basics that I have people adhere to, and then we set up systems on to how best, how to best um, conquer those. Um, so for example, I mean, for me, it's just, I can describe it in less than 30 seconds, you know, eat mostly minimally processed foods, adequate protein, get enough fat, uh, move enough and lift heavy stuff and, and basically, and drink enough water. <laughs> and then other than that, you've got free reign as to what you do and how you, um, and how you manipulate the different variables. Right. So I, I basically, I'm more, I'm less about the X's and O's, less about the specific foods, less even about the, the macronutrients, uh, in terms of your, your macros. So protein, you know, carbohydrates, fats, but, um, you know, I, if is, you know, I just advocate for get as much minimally processed foods as you possibly can make sure you have enough protein, uh, to keep you full, you know, eat, eat, cram as many vegetables down your gullet as humanly possible, drink water. Um, and now let's figure out what we're going to do in terms of your process goals, or your goals behind the goals 
to make that happen. And so we work backwards from there. So that might mean, you know, more grocery shopping trips or more consistent grocery shopping trips. Okay. What do you have to do to get those grocery shopping trips? And okay. You have to make time for it. Okay. That might mean you have to wake up 15 minutes earlier to do a little bit of food prep. What does that mean? Okay. It means go to bed half hour earlier, 15 minutes earlier. So we work backwards from there and we try to, to put as many of these locks into place as, as humanly possible so that you can set your environment up for success. Mm, yes. Amazing. Great answer too, because it's not one size fits all. And one of the things I kind of live by, uh, which I heard, which resonated with me is if you eat 80% of your diet that comes from the forest or the garden, you'll be doing okay. Mm, <laughs> you know, absolutely. get enough yeah, sleep, yeah. drink enough water. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And sleep's uh, huge. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're so right. Yeah. 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 So, and then if yeah. people want to, if they want to try some sort of fasting protocol or they want to do lower carb or paleo, I'm like, okay, knock yourself out. If that works for you, that's great because you know, the best diet is the one that works for you. Not, you know, it, it, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing magical about, you know, not eating breakfast or, you know, um, or, or reducing yeah. carbohydrates. It's just another way to put you into a calorie deficit. So, and if those ways work best for right. you, that's awesome good for you. And, and we'll find right. ways to sort of coach you through that and, and help you best accomplish that. Yeah. Amazing. I do want to ask you about fasting, but I also want to ask you about veganism first, because I, um, I encountered, well, I experimented with veganism because I'm an intuitarian is what I call it. Like I okay. eat intuitively, yeah, yeah. right? Nice. But yep. the more I sort of awaken and, and, and go down the path that I'm on, the more I'm becoming aware of what my uh, consumer impacts have on the planet, right? Factory farming meat, for example, is incredibly bad for a, the animals and the suffering, but also the toxic waste that it, um, creates. Um, so I did an, I did experiment with veganism for like six months, right before COVID actually. And it was awesome. It was really interesting. It, it, I learned about a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my, uh, unconscious habits and just stuff I do because that's what I've always done. Uh, but I also, you know, went through a period where I felt sort of lightheaded or, you know, um, headaches or, you know, so, and when COVID hit, I was like, okay, now's not the time for poor health or, you know, in any way, be it from whatever practice. So, so I started eating meat, uh, although I started eating meat that comes from a local farm, which is um, ethically produced. So that, that for me feels like a good compromise right now. But so what, what is your sort of view of veganism or the, the um, global impact of our food choices? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, looking at things at a macro level, absolutely. And I think, mm. you know, veganism can work very well for for a lot of people and i think you know as as a lot of our global attention is on environment and and the impact of of you know human induced climate change i think you know that mm. is definitely a, a viable and very um you know i i think it's it becomes a a very tempting option for a lot of people and and, and mm. it is on the rise i think there there is a lot of awareness behind it and i think it can work very well and i think you're almost a prime example of of somebody who's eats intuitively and you know you're, you're consciously aware of these different factors that go into it and you also had that into intuition to say okay you know right now the full vegan isn't working for me, but I'm going to do the next best thing and just do, you know, do something that's more like grass fed, local, um, sustainable farming. Mm. So, and it sounds like you found a good sort of happy medium and who knows, you might go back to, to veganism and, and that, that might, yeah. you might find later on that works for you. And, um, you know, but I think there's the, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think, you know, I, I think for, for moral ethical purposes, it, it absolutely does, um, it does make intuitive sense for sure, for sure, absolutely. Mm. And I think, like you said, you just you know watch out for certain things. Not everybody thrives on it. You know, you want to make sure that you're you're getting all the micronutrients, especially the B12 and the, yeah. the vitamin D thing, things that don't yeah. necessarily come from from plant based um, foods. Um, yeah. So just being careful of that. You know, monitoring your energy levels and just yeah, just paying attention to how you feel. Uh, with it. And, mm. and yeah, no, I think absolutely. It's a completely viable option for a lot of people. Um, you know, mm. I, I, I outsource for, for people that, that are, that are looking to get into vegan diet to people that know more about it than I do. 
uh, from a coaching standpoint, yeah. but I certainly have worked with plant-based people as well. And, and, you know, they, they know what they're, what they're doing. Right. So I'm guiding them more from yeah. like a, a more, uh, holistic perspective or more of a comprehensive perspective with their coaching and fat loss. And, you know, just making sure they're in a deficit within the, the context of their, their plant-based diet. Yeah, I love that. And I, and again, it comes back to self-awareness. Like I, like I was just saying, how much am, are we eating just unconsciously or because that's what we've always done or that's what our parents ate or, you know, and then how much are we eating because of those emotional sensations we talked about earlier, like you're bored or whatever it might be, you know, you're tired or you're sad or, and it, which is a fleeting emotion, but yet we reach for the potato chips or the ice cream because it makes us feel better in the moment. But tuning into, okay, well, it, it does it make me feel better 20 minutes from now? Does it make me feel better tomorrow? And the answer is most typically no. Um, and so, and this has come up for me actually in fasting because I, I've done some occasional fasting um, just with people water, coconut water for five or six days, and then just for water for a couple of days. And the, one of the most fascinating parts of that, apart from feeling amazing, there's, there are moments where you're just like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm freaking out right now. But if you can sort of move through those, you get to this point of clarity and depth of presence. Like, oh my God, I'm so in tune with everything right now. But then from that space, you become aware of how much, for me at least, how much I eat for distraction or procrastination or boredom, all the reasons that are not hunger or nutrition, right? And so actually the last time I did it, with this is really interesting, I had a, my journal right beside me when I was working. And every time I thought of food, I thought of eating, I would make a mark, like I'm counting days in the jail cell, right? Mm -hmm. And by the end of the day, I had like an astonishing amount of marks on my paper. How many times I thought about eating that had nothing to do with hunger? It was, it, it was all about the emotional, it's like, I don't want to be doing this work right now. I want to distract myself in any way. Maybe I'll go have lunch. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not hungry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. It, so that, that was one of the major benefits of fasting for me, apart from obvious, the other, obvious other ones. But I wanted to talk to you about fasting. Um, in, in general, what's your position on it? Is there benefits? What is the best modality? Is it different for everybody? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think um, one thing that you touched on that what I'll start with is that, you know, I think what you're doing, which which a lot of people don't, is just taking that deep dive, that that deep stock of, of how you feel like you just with the journaling. And I think that's 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 huge. That's mm. enormous, right? And just like, okay, like every time I think about distraction, why am I thinking about that distraction? And I think yeah, absolutely. And it, it sounds like it's had some tremendous benefits for me. And anecdotally, I think a lot of people have, have had that sort of what you described as clarity and, and you know, that little bit of euphoria mm -hmm. behind it. Um, in terms yes. of like the, the, you know, I'll try to break it down as, as quickly and efficiently as I can um, with, with, with fasting. I think there are definitely some benefits for sure. Absolutely. In terms of like uh, controlling blood glucose, um, you know, there, there are um, certain overselling of it in the in the fasting world because i think like anything there's there's dietary tribalism right so but what i think mm. fasting works best for from people is in two realms that that i work with is number one as a as a plateau breaker so if people are doing things just the same way and that nothing's happening yeah i will suggest it um i will suggest it in sort of like a 16 8 fasting so basically like an eight hour eating window in a 16 hour um, fasting window in essence. So if people are mm. going to go this route, first of all, make sure there's no issues with hypoglycemia or things like that. Um, but I think people do well with a little bit of structure. And if they have that little bit of structure, then they can work around that. And I think for some, that is a catalyst of change. Otherwise, you know, it, it's maybe a little bit too loosey goosey for them. If I just say, okay, here, just keep things in these parameters and go sometimes they need that little bit of extra structure and sometimes that little bit of extra structure in in the form of sh uh, shrinking that eating window will help them develop better habits around eating um and mm. um like i said i do prefer to start off like with like maybe three or four times a week at this 16 8 protocol and then if you want to stretch it a little bit further you can uh i think that's the best way to go though is what i call a modif modified daily 
fast, right? Or a daily uh, time-restricted eating window. And then, you know, if they want to experiment with like full days of fast or the true intermittent fasting, like the one day on, one, one day off, then, then, then try that. But just also be aware of both the physiological uh, implications of, you know, like if your blood sugar is particularly low or you feel like you're, you know, your, your energy is really bad and, and it's not improving, know when to, know when to call it, know when to say, okay, maybe this doesn't work for me. Um, but also from a psychological perspective, there are some people that fall into disordered eating patterns that way too. Sometimes it's a gateway towards mm. that, but overall, I think it, I think it's fine. I think, you know, if people want to try that, I think that's, that's great. That's another thing that they can try that's minimally invasive. Um, and provided that your eating choices within that window are pretty solid, you know, there's adequate protein in there, there's adequate nutrients, Hey man, go for it. That's that's awesome. Like I said, I'm pretty uh, pretty flexible mm. in terms of what uh, what people do in terms of eating, as long as it's nothing too terribly extreme. So yeah, that's a bit of a nutshell. That's awesome. The sixteen eight is something I've followed personally, and I uh, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, good, good. It, it gives me a lot more energy. Yeah, a nice. lot more clarity. Uh, yeah, it feels really good. Um, but what you said about, and it comes back to self-awareness at its essence, mm -hmm. everything we're talking about is, is self-awareness. And that for me for sure. is at the, the root of transformation. Any transformation mm -hmm. is self-awareness. You have to become 100%. aware of what you're doing, what your unconscious habits are. And yeah. what you called it a, a, a plateau breaker. See, that this is another example of, of the same concept, but I use a different term. I use pattern interrupt. Oh, right? there you go. And so, <laughs> like and so, so when you when you're caught in unconscious patterns or you know uh, programming or whatever it might be, we have to introduce a pattern interrupt so you can have the context, the contrast to understand what you've been doing. It's like, oh, I didn't even know I was doing that. It was just it was on mm -hmm. autopilot, right? And mm -hmm. so, introducing that that pattern interrupt and fasting from the the diet uh, perspective is a great way to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Awesome. So much. Uh, your book is so amazing. It's called Lean Minded. I, I highly recommend everybody get it. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But another part of it that you mentioned was flow state. And flow state's another thing mm. I'm uh, deeply passionate about. So I wanted to ask, what does flow state mean to you? How do you get into it? And what triggers you out of it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I did sort of touch on it. And, and, and getting into flow, that's a, the whole idea of just, you know, you're finding that intrinsic value of things, um, which means doing something for the sake of doing it, right? And, and mm. the godfather of the OG of flow, Mihai um, Chiksent Mihai, I, I, I hope I pronounced that right. I've spent like four years of my life Mihai trying to Mihai Chicken that. Soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, his, his name's impossible anyway, to pronounce. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I wish it was, you know, a guy named Bob that invented it, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No offense to the Europeans. I love you all. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, you know, so his basic philosophy is just, you know, being completely and utterly engaged in a task. And, and I think... You know, and I, I fully admit to being kind of a noob about, about all this thing because, you know, with my, you know, mm. ADHD prone squirrel brain, I'm like all over the place. So mindfulness for me is like a real kind of like, okay, you know, it, 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 it's a stretch and it's it's hard work for me. So getting into that flow mm -hmm. state sometimes is a little bit of a an issue to try to kind of, you know, distract myself enough to get into that state. But I think for me, it's just mm. no matter what you do from a health enhancing standpoint to just be mindful of that present moment, know how you want to feel about a certain thing and then do your best to feel that sensation. So when you're in flow, even if it's un an uncomfortable sensation, you're embracing it and you are, are, are just taking it for what it is and you're paying attention to how you're feeling in that moment. And that's when sort of time flitters away and, and you can be engaged and zoned mm. in whatever that activity is, whether if you're out on a run or you're in a lifting session, or even if you're like cooking, you're taking in the sensations. A lot of what I've been writing about now is mindfulness as, a, as it pertains to fat loss and cooking and eating. Mm. Um, so just taking in every um, sensory experience of it, the full multi-sensory experience. So if you're cooking, okay, paying attention to the smell of what you're cooking, you're about to eat, get a mm. sense of the mouth feel of it get a sense of the texture of it and you know take a few breaths in it and then just being engaged and and that's when you kind of get into a state of flow and the trick is, is is getting into a state of flow of things you don't 
inherently enjoy because people are like, yeah, okay, the running thing, I that's that that'll never be flow for me, you know, or or mm. eating broccoli, that's not a flow state activity, right? But <laughs> you know, I think it's just it's it's about embracing that and just thinking about okay, if if it's not something you you enjoy inherently, that's that's fine too, and just paying attention to those feelings and why. And, and also just, just maybe refocusing your thoughts on what it's doing for your body, right? Just like, wow, you know, these nutrients are hitting mm. my, 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 my bloodstream or, you know, this is amazing that my heart's pumping and, and, you know, what it's doing for my long-term health yeah. is, is awesome. And what an amazing thing my body can do right now, you know, just, just getting into that kind of a state. So that's, that's what flow means to mm. me. And. Hopefully, I haven't bastardized Mr. Csikszentmihalyi's ideas too much, but that's kind of, you know, I've taken it and run with it. And so there we go. Awesome, dude. I love that. I love that definition. Mindfulness, getting into flow, being aware of what you're doing. Again, self-awareness, it all comes back to it, you know, like uh, honoring the moment and everything you're doing in it, whether it be cooking or exercising or whatever it is. Amazing. Again, so many overlaps in your book with, you know, some of the, the concepts that I use and I talk about a lot. And one of the biggest ones is the definition of success. I was like, oh my God, he's got a whole chapter about it. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of my favorite questions to ask my guests on, on the podcast is what is your definition of success and how has it changed over time? Yeah, yeah. So for me personally, and, uh, you know, just to give a quick overview, I think in the book, I talk about definition of success in terms of just not following what society's definition of success might be for you, right? So we live in a mm. very comparative society. And that's been fueled and, and amplified through the prevalence of social media, right? We've become even more of a comparative society. Um, you know, we could be feeling completely great about ourselves and then we'll go on the Instagram feed and, oh my gosh, there's all these perfectly curated, you know, bodies and, and things like that, especially in my realm, right? And so it's just, yeah, you can get discouraged and, and yeah, we, we do have a, a very competitive, um, and, and just easy, like, you know, again, it's a Mark Manson quote, but, you know, with the internet, it's open sourced information, but it's also in open sourced insecurity and, and extremes. And we gravitate towards these extremes. So my advice for people is to find your own definition of success. And it doesn't have to be the definition that society places on us. It can be your own. And, and that doesn't even have to be weight loss. If you don't look, even if you, if you feel like you use a few pounds, it doesn't necessarily have to relate around your weight. In fact, you know, I think that the weight loss is a side benefit of, of changing your habits and transforming through habits and, mm. and, and doing it that way. So I really highly encourage people to find their own definition of success. Even though we do set goals, we go through that whole process, you know, find, find out what works for you within your own life, your own lifestyle, your own, mm. your own uh, circumstances. So, so for me personally, I mean, I've got like a, you know, a definition of success that is more sort of a micro level and, and specific level when it comes to my own health and fitness. But on a more macro level, I mean, my definition of success, I think we touched on it initially. Um, I can't remember if you hit record there or not, maybe you did, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it has to do with leaving this planet in a slightly better way than when I was here. So yes. leaving an impact on the world somehow. And, and just, you know, I feel like, you know, on the other side of 40 now, I just, you, you start to think about things in different ways and, you know, it becomes less about getting ahead. It becomes less about, possessions it becomes less about um the material things in life and it becomes more about you know drawing closer to people that you care about and and really nurturing mm. your social relationships um so so a lot of you know my definition of success is just um being a, of service to those around me impacting lives around me um and then just feeling fulfilled you know, and, and that's open to interpretation, but fulfillment for me is more like, mm. yeah, just, just being able to nurture, they being close to people that I care about, um, you know, having, having some form of health that, that allows me to do things that, you know, I enjoy and, and, you know, I happen to be active and I, I, I enjoy things that are outdoors and, and, and hiking and whatnot and, and, you know, skiing in the winter. So things that I want to be able to do for a long, long time to come and just, you know, mm. being the best, you know, son I can be, the best father I can be, be the best, like, you know, partner I can be. And, and just, um, I think that for me is success. Mm, fantastic. So much of what you just said resonates deeply for me uh, as a father as well, uh, cultivating our, our close, intimate relationships, our social dynamics, 
uh, leaving the planet a better place than than when we arrived. Those are all powerful motivators and embody a feeling of success, which isn't the typical societal, you know, money, house, car, job, career, blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's that really resonates deeply for me, man. Beautiful. Uh, Mike Howard, this has been incredible. So amazing to drop in with you, brother. Um, so proud of all the work. Thank you for all the work you're doing. I have one final question before I let you go. Uh, and it is this. If you were to take all of your experiences, all of your knowledge, all the wisdom gained and distill them down into one message for people to hear, what would it be? Oh, love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, you know what? I think, you know, to, to boil everything down into one kind of soundbite, I think is just, you know, do the very best you can under the circumstances that you have. And just, you know, that should be enough. You are already enough. Just do the best you can under any given circumstances. And you know what? Good things will happen. Even if the chips don't fall exactly where you want them to, great things will happen when you strive to, to just, you know, step out of that comfort zone and, and, and do whatever you can in this very moment, the best you can. Mm, fantastic. That's a perfect way to end. Mike, uh, thank you so much. Please, yeah. please share with the audience where um, they can find you and your coaching and your book, Lean Minded. Awesome. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you so much, Patrick. This, this has been an amazing conversation. So this is, I appreciate it uh, very much. So yeah, you can find me uh, leanminded.com um, on social, uh, you know, um, Instagram is at leanminded, uh, facebook.com slash leanminded. And um, yeah, my book's available on Amazon. So just uh, if you want to punch in Lean Minded, uh, 50 Days to Mind and Body Transformation. Uh, it's there available on Amazon on either uh, Kindle or hard copy. So um, yeah, I feel free to reach out. And uh, yeah, I love having these conversations. So if anybody out there has questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer them. But uh, thanks again so much, Patrick. This has, been, uh, this has been a blast. Amazing. Mike Howard, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. And I'll put all those links in the show notes for everybody to get in touch with you. And I highly recommend Lean Minded. I read it. It's jam-packed with wisdom and knowledge and tips, and it's highly readable. So definitely go pick it up. Mike Howard, thank you so much. Have a great day, brother. You as well. Thanks, Patrick. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.